today is my 22nd birthday and I woke up, went to the gym, tried to do some work. I actually have a midterm tomorrow because my birthday always falls in midterm season since it's the beginning of October. Um, and then I just couldn't focus. So went on this really long walk. The weather's beautiful right now. It's actually pretty warm for October in Boston, which is kind of concerning, but I'm personally not complaining um, because every other birthday that I've had here in college, it's been pretty rainy and cold. And this is the first birthday I've had where it's been super nice out. So went on a long walk and really was just trying to soak in Harvard Square and the river and all of the places that I've made so many memories in because it's my last college birthday and you know special dates such as birthdays or anniversaries always have this effect of bringing back a lot of powerful memories and emotions so I really was just trying to soak in my surroundings and cherish everything and I went down to the river and I sat on a bench for a while and was just doing a lot of reflecting. I was listening to my music, and I know I have a midterm tomorrow, but I've been oddly very calm about academics recently, and that's actually something I'm gonna talk about later on in this episode, but I really, I was just not stressed. And on my way back, I stopped at a plant store and I bought some flowers, put them in my dorm room, and now I'm here, and I'm actually, about to go teach a Taylor Swift themed spin class, which I'm really excited for. And then I'm going to dinner with some friends. So it's been, and it will be a great 22nd birthday. But I thought that this was a great day to sit down and record an episode on the idea of self-care and how I've been taking care of myself recently, because I honestly feel like I've been doing a much better job in terms of self-care than I have in the past. And I think a lot of times I can be pretty hypocritical on this podcast. For example, I say, you know, sleep enough, take care of your body, take care of your, take care of your mental health. But I don't always do that. Even though I give that advice, I don't always take my own advice. But recently I actually have been. And today I wanted to talk about all the ways in which I've been really sticking true to my promise of self-care and loving myself and continuing to work on healing from the inside out, which is a project and a mission that I have been working on this entire year, but it's sort of, it's never been truer than it has right now. And so the first thing that I've really been doing for myself is I've actually been going to therapy and this is really new for me. I have always wanted to try it. I've always been really curious about it, but I think there are a lot of reasons why I never pursued therapy. The first is it's pretty stigmatized, obviously, and I think nowadays and among people of my generation, it's less less so, less stigmatized. But growing up, it was always something that I had heard of, but never something that I thought applied to me. And if I ever felt like I needed something like therapy, I always told myself, you know, that's that's kind of taboo. Like it's not really something that I should ever ask for or seek out. And another reason why I never really did it was I kind of 
for so long grew up with this mindset of being able to do everything by myself and being able to tough everything out on my own, you know, not asking for help and figuring problems out silently by myself, silently struggling, not really reaching out to people, not really telling people about what was going on. And I applied this mindset to academics, but I also applied it to my personal life. And I just never thought that I would ever need an external source of help. And then a third reason why I never really did it was, I mean, I just, I, I even in college, like I, I would tell myself that I would go to therapy and try it. And then it always just kind of fell in the back burner and I never really got around to it. I was just, I saw it as kind of just another task that I would have to do. And I already have so many tasks in my day. I didn't want to add another responsibility. But I realized that I was sort of framing it as like a class or an extracurricular. When in reality, yes, it takes up time and energy in my day. But it's like, it's like I, it's what I like to call a time dilation or it actually helps me in the long run and, and almost increases the amount of time that I have, even though it takes up a, a certain amount of time. So I've been going to therapy for a few weeks now. And I will say it has been a very interesting experience. The first time I went, I cried and I was not expecting to cry because first of all, I thought that a lot of the things that I was talking about, I had already worked through. And then I got to therapy and I was in front of this total stranger and I guess I haven't worked through them fully because the emotions really took over me. And even though this person was, I didn't know them at all, the fact that I still cried in front of them really, I think to me, showed that I needed this. And I talked a lot about my past and about college and just the realities of growing up, getting older and experiencing heartbreak, the end of friendships, and just like dealing with a lot of the struggles that come with being an early 20-year-old. And also talked about my childhood and how I was growing up. And I think therapy is helpful because number one, it's nice to have someone listen to you who has absolutely no ties to you. Like this person could not care less. I mean, obviously they care, but they could not care less about, you know, the social implication of what I have to say. And for example, I think when you confide in a friend, sometimes there's always that sneaking worry or suspicion that, you know, what you tell them might get out to someone else, or it might impact the way they see you as a friend, or it might influence social situations going forward. And there's always, there's also always that fear of being a burden on someone. And with a therapist who isn't a friend and is not in your social group and, you know, has no you know, they're not really invested in your life in the same way your friends are, it, it feels, it's almost freeing. Like, I felt like I could tell this person all these things that obviously I trust to tell my close friends, but do I really want to tell them? Do I want to burden with the, burden them with that? Not all the time. And so I felt very free in that room. I also think that therapy is a very cathartic break from the rest of life. 
The first time I went, I had a meeting right after. And I soon realized that that was such a mistake because I got out of therapy and I, you know, I was very emotional and I felt like I was this, I was in this sort of haze and this like, like emotional days. And I, I felt strange and like not super present. And then I went straight to this meeting and I was forced to be present and mentally sharp and coherent. And I, it was not pleasant at all. So what I've started to do is after each therapy session, building in a certain amount of time to either just reflect and do nothing or to do something mindless like work out. And that's really been helpful for me after therapy sessions. But I think during therapy sessions, it's almost as if I just kind of withdraw from the rest of the world and from my Google calendar and responsibilities. And I really take that hour to just focus on myself. And how often in life do we purely focus on ourselves? Not very often. So that has been honestly life-changing. I've also been learning how everything is sort of tied together in my mind. Like my therapist is really good at sort of pointing out a lot of trends and patterns in my behavior and my ways of thinking. Patterns that I have never ever thought of and ways in which my past experiences are are connected with the way I see the world right now. And it's almost refreshing to sort of hear that, oh, you know, that makes sense. You know, one, one thing my therapist says a lot is that makes sense. And that small phrase is very reassuring, way more reassuring than I would have ever thought it could be. I I'm curious to see where therapy takes me throughout the year, but I am so happy that I started it because I get to feel emotions that have been bottled up for so long. I get to really explore and discover who I am at the core, and I get to meet all these different parts of myself that I have yet to meet, and also work through a lot of tough experiences and emotions in the past and in the present. The last thing I want to say about therapy is I, I want to just talk about one thing that I learned that has honestly changed my life. But she told me about this concept of complicated grief. And basically, when we grieve something, we have this tendency to categorize it in a very extreme way. Like, for example, if we're grieving the end of a relationship, we either say that was you know, such a great relationship, I can move on and be grateful for what it was. Nothing wrong with it. It just ended because of external circumstances that we couldn't control. Or we could say that relationship was 100% awful and I am, you know, I hate this person and I'm so glad they're not in my life anymore. But in reality, like most grief is not either of those. Most grief is actually a mix of both. You know, when you're grieving the end of a relationship, you miss the good parts, but you also don't miss the bad parts. You know, you still love this person, but you also hate this person. You wish that they were never in your life for some parts of your life, but at the same time, you're so grateful for them being in your life. And my therapist was saying that that kind of grief, complicated grief, is actually the hardest kind to work through because it's the most complex. It doesn't make sense. It takes time and there's layers to it and everything is so connected. And 
I just, when I heard this, it really blew my mind. And I am going to carry this lesson with me for the rest of my life. The actual last thing that I want to say about therapy is it's just as much preventative as it is restorative. Like, I think sometimes we think that we only need to go to therapy when things are really bad. But you can go to therapy at any walk of your life. Like, if things are going well, maybe you go to keep up, you know, the healthy mindsets and behaviors that you've been maintaining. And your life doesn't have to be falling apart and completely disastrous for you to seek out this form of help. So I have I have really been enjoying my experience with, with emotional and mental therapy over the past few weeks. The other thing that I've been doing is physical therapy. As you might know, if you've listened to this podcast, I have injured my back multiple times and I kind of slightly re-injured it about a couple weeks ago. And I've been really trying to focus on my back. I've been going to physical therapy. I've been doing my, you know, stretches and my mobility and little acts of care, such as sitting on a back massager or lying on a heating pad, you know, doing my stretches every morning. These are sort of little acts of of care that I've I've had to do and I've had to really move my body with intention because of this injury. And I almost feel like I'm too in touch with my body over this past year just dealing with these injuries. I've really learned how to understand what my body needs and when it needs it. So that has been sort of another form of self-care. So two forms of therapy, mental and physical, um, but both equally as important and both just as salient in my life right now. Another way that I've been practicing self-care is actually drinking less caffeine. Now, this is something that I cannot believe I'm here saying because I used to have the biggest caffeine addiction. Like I would drink probably 600 to 800 milligrams of caffeine a day, you know, in the form of coffee and matcha, Celsius, like these energy drinks that are just not good for your heart. And I, that's how I really got through a lot of my past junior year. But I've just, you know, I went on that backpacking trip that I've talked about and I didn't have caffeine on that trip. And I surprisingly did not feel awful. I got back and my new dorm is actually pretty far from a lot of the coffee shops that I used to go to. And so, you know, just because of that, I haven't been going as much. And I mean, I should have, and I knew that this would happen, but I've just felt so much better. Like when I would drink a lot of caffeine, I would get chest pain and I would get anxious and nauseous. I would have trouble sleeping. And then it was this horrible cycle where I would drink a lot of coffee, or energy drinks, and then I'd get a terrible night's sleep, and then I'd wake up feeling tired, so then I'd drink more caffeine to fix that, but then my night of sleep the next night is also bad, and it was just this cycle, and I think I really needed that backpacking trip to sort of break that, and now I don't really drink as much caffeine. I mean, don't get me wrong, I still drink coffee sometimes, I drink energy drinks sometimes, but probably around 200 milligrams a day, like nowhere near the amount that I used to be drinking. 
I think another reason why I haven't been drinking as much caffeine is I've had a smaller urge to be super productive all the time. Like I would drink coffee because I felt like I needed to be on top of my work and mentally sharp all the time because I had a lot of work to do. And now I still have work, but it's not as stressful and I don't feel the need to drug my body in order to finish my work. And so that has really been, that's been great for me. And I think tied to caffeine is, is sleep. And I've, I've really been sleeping. I've been sleeping enough, which is also crazy because I don't know if there's ever been a point in college where I've gotten enough sleep, but for the past month, I've slept a good amount every night. I'd say like eight hours, which is pretty good. And on the weekends, honestly, more than that. So I'm feeling well rested and a lot better without the 800 milligrams of caffeine in my body every single day. Another way that I've been tending to this idea of self-care is I've really been slowing down. And this phrase, it's a marathon, not a sprint, has really been in the back of my mind because I have big tasks looming over my head. For example, my thesis due in March. Another example, medical school applications. I'm applying next cycle and I've been kind of trying to start those. And with these big tasks, I'm actually really forced to look at them like a marathon and not a sprint. Whereas with school, I'm so used to having a task on my calendar and then finishing all of it in one sitting and then deleting that task. And that's something that I would gain a lot of satisfaction from in the beginning. But with the thesis and medical school applications, it's not something can get done in one sitting. You have to chunk it up. So it's a recurring task. And you know, even if I write one sentence versus I work on it for three hours, I delete that task on my calendar and I get back to it the next day. I have to work on it in short spurts like that because they're just so, they're such big projects and it requires frequent everyday attention. And honestly, some days I don't even work on them, but that's okay. I, I still delete the task and I move on. And yeah, again, sometimes writing even one sentence is enough. Sometimes analyzing one source is fine. Obviously, there's going to come a time where I'm going to have to like actually work you know, productively a lot leading up to a deadline. But right now, it's been really refreshing to actually view my assignments as marathons and not sprints. Another way that I've been slowing down is sometimes I walk. And so I have a scooter and because I, my dorm is pretty far from classes and from the square. So I like to scooter places. And what I liked about the scooter is that it was fast and it would save me time. But recently I've actually been walking a little bit more which might sound kind of dumb, but for me, it's actually a big step, like realizing that I do have the time to walk because before I would tell myself, I don't have time. I don't even have time to walk. Like I, I don't have time to, to you know, waste time before classes. Like I, I have to scooter everywhere. But now I'm realizing like that's so not the case anymore. Like I, I have time to walk to class and in walking to class and in between places like first of all I run into friends a lot more like when I'm on a scooter 
I don't stop and talk to people. But when I'm walking, I am able to say hi to people in the way or have a nice conversation on the side. And it's such a lovely surprise. I also get to just enjoy my surroundings more. When I'm scootering, I'm just really focused on not getting hit or hitting anyone. And so my mind is like pretty focused on that and I can't really think about anything else. But when I'm walking, I can reflect more and think more. So that's also been a really nice way to just slow down in life and again, realize that it's a marathon, not a sprint. Another form of self-care that I've been thinking about is self-expression and this idea of creativity. And I've been really trying to lean into my self-expression a lot more. For example, this Taylor Swift spin class, I am so excited for it. That's in, it's in two hours. Because I love fitness. I think fitness is very tied to community. I love teaching. I think that I owe a lot of my fitness journey to the instructors and teachers that I've had in the past. And so I've really been wanting to pay that forward by being a teacher for other people. And I love Taylor Swift. And so I, you know, in combining all of that, that is a form of self-expression that I'm very proud of. And to say that I, you know, have taught a class like that is something that I will always, always be proud of. I also recently switched barista jobs. I no longer work at Blue Bottle in the square. I work at a student-run cafe in a house that's really close to the house I live in. And for that, I haven't actually started, but I get the opportunity to, first of all, play whatever music I want in that cafe. And second of all, create drinks. Like I get to come up with flavor ideas and flavor profiles and like drink names. And I think that's just so fun and it really speaks to my creative side and it's what it's like right up my alley of what I love. I, I love working with my hands and I also really love coffee and food service and then I love creativity and that job at this cafe also combines all of that. I think in high school I used to be a lot better with self-expression. Like I took art and I would play guitar a lot and piano and I would sing and perform with my friend and I was constantly expressing myself through those creative outlets. But it's been a little bit harder in college. So what I've tried to do is really combine my responsibilities with creativity. So, you know, obviously these are jobs for me and it's nice to make money and to also get experience through these jobs, but they're more for my personal enjoyment and creativity and self-expression. And I find that when I am indulging in activities like these more, I'm a much happier and more fulfilled person. I get a lot more joy in my life. So self-expression is good. And, and obviously keeping up this podcast is one of the biggest forms of self-expression that I exercise in my day-to-day life. And The next thing that I've been thinking about in terms of self-care is finding ways in which to, in which I can explore my identity through my work. So again, with this thesis and with my medical school applications, 
I'm almost sort of using them as ways to ex- explore my own identity. Like, f- how can I tie everything together in life? Because one thing about me is I love, I love when things are connected. Like, I love TV shows where the ending of the show explains the beginning. Or like, I love things like that. And I, I also love finding connections and like common threads between all of my interests and activities. And so with the thesis and medical school applications, like I've been finding those threads and I've been, you know, seeing how is what I'm writing about in my thesis also reflected in who I am, who I am as a person, which is reflected in my activities, which is also reflected in why I want to be a physician, which obviously is reflected in my medical school applications. So just finding these connections everywhere and understanding how all these different parts of my identity are tied together has also brought me a lot of joy. Like I love things like that. And it's something that I did my senior my senior year a lot as I was getting ready to apply for college and getting ready to graduate, just reflecting on all my friendships. Like I would do this exercise and I would sort of take a step back and think, how is everything connected? What is the common thread? And in high school, I think that was really the idea broadly of community and really, you know, immersing myself in different kinds of spaces and trying to see, you know, what what relationships and connections I could make and how that would impact both myself and other people. And now I'm sort of in the process of finding, continuing to find that thread of community, but also finding new threads in what I do nowadays. And I don't know if I've completely figured it out yet, but every day I kind of, I sort of, I like to like free write a lot. Like I've been writing down a lot of thoughts in my notes app. I like to record voice memos. Sometimes even by recording podcast episodes, I find a little bit more. So it's that again is a daily process and really speaks to this idea of it being a marathon and not a sprint. I'm not going to figure everything out in one day, but little by little, I will get there. And the last thing that I want to touch on is just trying to enjoy things for what they are. And I feel like I've really, I've really been doing that over the past month. Like all the memories that I've been making with my friends and all the events that I've been going to, all the nights where I stay in my dorm versus going out and all the times I sit in the dining hall, all the times I go out with friends, like all of these things, I just, I'm really trying to be present because for so long, I've been struggling to be present because of a combination of a lot of things. I think when you're burnt out and tired, it's hard to be present. It's, it's, it's hard to not see lunch or dinner with a friend as a chore because when you're tired and busy, like that's just another thing you have to do. And no matter how much you care about this friend at the end of the day, a lot of times we do see it as a chore and then we get secretly happy when it gets canceled. And I also find that when I do end up going in the past, when I have ended up going to these like lunches or dinners with friends, despite me being tired and burned out, it's really hard for me to be present in the moment and really enjoy it. But now that I'm taking care of myself, I'm getting more sleep, I'm not seeing work as the end all be all. I'm not seeing it as a sprint. I'm, I'm drinking less caffeine. Like I'm doing more access self care. I've been going to therapy because I've been doing all these things. I've really been able to actually enjoy time with other people and not just wish that it was over so that I could go back to sleep. Everything is tied together. So because I take care of myself, 
my relationships have also gotten better and stronger. And I've just been a lot more happy with the way things are going this year. So that's all I have to say about self-care. I, you know, I don't feel any older. I know I'm 22, which is kind of old. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was 18 when I started this episode or this podcast. Now I'm 22. So that's kind of crazy. But regardless, I will keep doing this until the day that I die because I love it so much. And it is a form of self-expression, which is a form of self-care. Thanks guys so much for listening. And I, yeah, I just, I hope that all of you are also indulging in self-care in some way um, because everyone deserves it and everyone needs it, even if you don't think you do. So thanks again for listening to this episode and um, stay tuned for my next one.